Trisha Stasworth here at QVC. I'm Steve Bryant. Steve Sansley is going to join us in just a couple of minutes. First, here are a few things coming up in a fun-filled, absolutely action-packed two hours of Star Wars collectibles. Check out the following. Today's special value sold out very early on today. That's been happening more and more often. To make up for that, we have a very special one-time only. Ralph McQuarrie, who is the father of the look of Star Wars, did these lithographs. They're 12 by 18. They're framed. They have an original piece of 70 millimeter film. All three of them are available right now. They will not make it to midnight. At a price like this, $156.73. And they even light up. The film cell lights up so you can see what it is. Here are the lithographs from which you have to choose. You have uh, the Rebel, Rebel Patrol of Echo Base. That's uh, Luke Skywalker riding his uh, Tauntaun there. Also, you get the Battle of Hoth. Star Wars fans, move milkers everywhere. Welcome to episode number 277. The Blast Points is Jason. And it's Gabe. This is a very special episode of Blast Points. I don't know if you I don't know if you know that out there. This is this is an episode. I think when we started the show, we could never dream that we would get to this point. No, this is a, a dream come true 25 years in the making. <laughs> Or is it longer than that? I don't know. <laughs> That's as long as I want to admit. <laughs> yeah. We talked to Steve Sansweet about QVC last year, and we thought we were going to die. And it was a dream come true. But it was only half a dream come true because the other half of that dream is the other Steve, the incredible Steve Bryant. Yeah. I can't believe we're here and this happened. Steve Bryant was a host on QVC for years and years and years. And we became endeared to him during, of course, the Star Wars QVC specials, where if you if you just started listening to Blast Points and you don't know our deal with the Star Wars QVC specials, it's when 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 we lived together, when Gabe and I lived lived with each other in college in Grand Rapids, Michigan, the the Star Wars QVC specials were a major event where it was, they were like two, three hours long of just them rolling out Star Wars stuff. And it was people on TV talking about Star Wars, which was unheard of in that time in the mid nineties. Yeah. I mean, it was like, 
if all of a sudden Star Wars Celebration was on TV, like it was that exciting for us because it was, you're literally, someone's on TV talking about Star Wars and it's not even like, you know, it's not an interview with George Lucas on 2020 or something like it's just people talking about Star Wars stuff, selling Star Wars stuff. There's merchandise showing up you've never seen before. And yeah, it was a party. You can get a pizza and just make it a night. <laughs> and, it was, and that's the thing too. It wasn't like it was it was people talking about like gold foil cards and like beer steins with a picture of Chewbacca on it or something or uncut Dave Dorman art from a dark horse comic book and stuff. It was like deep talk. And the pers- the host of all this was this guy, Steve Bryant, who was your guide through the whole thing. Yeah. Usually he was, he was teamed up with, with Sansweet and Sansweet was like the master of knowledge. And then you had Steve Bryant who was just this energetic, warm, happy, just so happy to be talking about Star Wars and for his job, you could just tell on TV. And we've been talking about Steve Bryant and our love for him, yeah, for, for decades now. And, and like you're about to hear, it was so like surreal and awesome that all this time later, he hasn't missed a beat. He's still the exact same person. Yeah, it's... It was like going into a time machine and he is just as exciting and outrageous and fun as he ever was on TV all those years ago. And yeah, like you said, he hasn't missed a beat. And this was just, we were so honored that he was willing to give us the time to just talk about Star Wars and QVC and all kinds of stuff. It's amazing. (laughs) This is why we started Blast Points. <laughs> what you're about to hear right now, it's one of our finest moments. And uh, I think we should just get into it. I think we should listen to the time we talked to Steve Bryant. And uh, yeah, I hope everybody enjoys. Here we go. I have stories. I have stories of inebriation you wouldn't believe. Not my own. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, first of all, we have just got to thank you so much for for taking the time to to talk to us tonight. I mean, like I think I, I think I told you in the messages, we are such huge fans of uh, the QVC Star Wars specials that you were on. I mean, Gabe and I were in college. When, when they were on and we were roommates together, we shared an apartment together, and it was event viewing for us. We would get pizza. Oh. We would, it was, we have very, very fond memories of those nights. Well, I, I appreciate that. Thank you very much for that. And I'm not saying it because I'm doing the podcast. They were among my most favorite shows on QVC. We had more fun. Yeah, and you could tell watching that you guys were having fun on them. It was just, they were, they, we, Gabe and I say all the time they were like Star Wars celebrations before there were celebrations. It was like a celebration in our little apartment in Grand Rapids, Michigan on what Tuesday nights or Wednesday nights or whenever they were. It was like a yeah, Star Wars party on the TV, which at that time in the mid-late 90s, there wasn't a lot of Star Wars to see. And, and the fact that, yeah, there was like this party going on on TV was just, it was the best. Well, thank you. It was, it was just a, a great a great lot of fun. Steve Sansweet, the greatest guest on the face of the planet. 
Uh, I almost spent five thousand dollars of his money one time. Oh. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, no, tell all. No, uh, Steve is, as, as I'm sure you know, he's a Star Wars completist. He wanted one of everything Star Wars that existed. And this is before he was working with Lucas. I mean, he was the greatest collector on the face of the planet. And he said to me, if you ever see anything that you think is great, he gave me his card. He said, call me. He said, you know, we still, we, it was a while ago, but hey, we still had cell phones in those days. They were little flippy things. <laughs> um, we, uh, he said, call me, and if, if, if it sounds like a winner, I'll, I'll do it. So I was at Sam Ash in New York, in, in Manhattan, uh, back there, that big music row at Sam Ash and Manny's and all those music stores. And as a musician, I used to go there and just sort of geek out for a while. I walk in. And there is this beautiful electric guitar with the poster from A New Hope on the body of the guitar. And it's done beautifully. I mean, they must have been enough coats of lacquer on top of it that it was bulletproof. I mean, it was just gorgeous. I asked the guy if I could if I could play it and it played really well. It was a good guitar, American made, good quality instrument. And I thought, wow, I got to call Steve. Back in those days, I actually didn't have a cell phone. I had a satellite phone because I was a show off. And anyway, <laughs> I had to I had to be able to be in touch no matter where I was because I was important. Damn it. <laughs> Nobody else believed that. But I, I said, I have a sat phone. So I take out my sat phone and I figured I'll, I'll call Steve Sansqueen. And say it's five thousand dollars and see if he wants to. I figure I could bargain, maybe get it down to forty five hundred. And uh, I called uh, you know, I, I tried to call Steve and I get this message. They're updating the damn satellite. Oh. And I said, Oh damn. And I said, could I, could I use your phone? And this is Manhattan. And you don't know the tortures of the damned I had to go through this. Well, I don't, is it a long distance? I said, yeah, it's California. And I, Oh, well, I, uh, I said, look, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the money for it. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you 40 bucks. Let me, let me, let me do this. And long story short, by the time I, 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 by the time they were about ready to let me use the holy be Jesus phone, my satellite phone came back to life, and I said, "Oh, good." And as I was doing it, I saw a guy take it off the wall and buy it. Oh, I just missed it by. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think Steve said, "Of course, I would have wanted it." You know, of course, yeah, because it was gorgeous. It was just the, the most one of the most beautiful guitars I've ever seen, and the the rendering of the the poster from A New Hope was just perfect on the body. Oh man. I would hope that if you told the the person that body, you can't do it. This is for Sand Sweet. <laughs> He's the only. Yeah, this is this is for this is for Steve Sansweet, who who at the time was also the West Coast editor of the Wall Street Journal. Right. Don't crash your four hundred one k, you son of a gun. <laughs> After that start, I I, th- I think we just got. I think we got to start at the very beginning. Where how how did you get involved in television to begin with? How how did this whole process begin? Story begins with a kid growing up on a farm. Oh my God, it's going to be that long, isn't it? No, kid growing up on a farm. And I loved radio. And I was like 14 years old. And I I was into amateur radio. I had an amateur radio license at the time. And I had all kinds of cool 
antennas and stuff that, you know, we had a, a, a big farm so I could stretch out big long wires and it, it just, it was cool. I could go on and talk to people in Europe and South America and sometimes you'd reach Asia and what have you. And it was just, it was just a, it was a real geeky kind of fun hobby. And I thought, you know, I have a 160 meter transmitter, which is the band. 160 meters is right above the broadcast band. So I was able to tune that down to the broadcast band. And for two years, I had a pirate radio station on AM 1605, right above the broadcast band, uh, using very risque call letters. I won't just WF, let your imagination run from there. (laughs) And I had a a, a sound on sound tape recorder, which is the precursor to SimulSync and all that good stuff, but you could multi-track yourself. So I had four-part harmony jingles, you know, blank radio in New Jersey. You know, you can imagine the the, uh, word that was there. So I did this for two years. I finally got caught by the FCC, but because I was 16, they couldn't do anything to me except yell at me. Uh, From there, I went to get a job in radio, and I saw how really poorly people in radio were paid, so I I went to college. I was a music major. Uh, Got out of college with degrees in music, and I'm all excited, and I said, oh, crap, I've got to earn a living. (laughs) So I became an audio producer for an advertising agency, and from there, I became a writer producer for the same agency. And eventually, when the agency moved to Atlanta, I became their creative director. We did all kinds of cool things, jingles for Coca-Cola and just just lots of fun. So I did that for about eight years. And eight years in advertising is enough to kill anybody. So I said, OK, uh, I'm going to do something else. I had taken up magic and sleight of hand as a hobby because uh, because that seemed like another really good geek thing to do i mean i said I, what else can i do that will attract no women to me okay i'll i'll do magic that'll be great yeah so, so i wound up as a trade show magician uh since i knew all these things about all these companies i began performing at trade shows weaving facts about their products into the uh, the magic act. I did that for two years, and you're always on the road. And it was just it was a it was brutal, more brutal than advertising. Uh, good money, but but really brutal. So I saw this ad that said a new television show is auditioning. Do you have an unusual talent? I'm a geek. I have lots of unusual talents. This is this is working good. So I auditioned for QVC. I made the product disappear, and they hired me. And for two years. I might cite two of the worst years of my life. I was the magic host. <laughs> so this is back to the, in the, in the late eighties. I'm making crap disappear all the time. Like, Oh, if you don't call in now, it'll be gone. Oh God, <laughs> just kill me now. I, I, I'm going straight to hell when I die. You realize this It's just right down. So QVC really grew and expanded. And one of the things they expanded to was, uh, they first, I guess what came first, the chicken or the egg? I think the first thing we started to do were comic book shows. And gee, what a surprise. I'm a big comic book geek. <laughs> uh, so, so I was doing the, the comic book shows with Stan Lee and, and all the movers and Jim Shooter was our guest as well. And, and just, just selling the living daylights out of, we, we had the world debut of the death of Superman issue and all that. And they realized there was a sci-fi audience out there. 
And they said, well, let's try. They said, what do you know about Star Wars? I said, long ago. And they stopped me. And, you know, I said, okay, okay, we, we get it. You, so the first show we did was with uh, Mark Hamill, who was tremendous. I mean, just a what a, what a great guy. I've, I've told stories about him on my blog. He just was so nice and so good. And the show, everything was selling out, making tons of dough. Everybody was happy. And we had uh, Anthony Daniels on the air, who who was a gentleman and did, I think, to, to that point, the coolest thing that had ever been done on QVC. He had the uh, 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 C-3PO glove on. And they came back after a break, and he was picking his nose with it deliberately. I know that. It was sick. It was sick. He was right picking his nose. With it. That's that's why he wears that glove because he can pick his nose good. No, um, so so he was picking his nose with that, and it was, he was just a, he was just a blast. It was just a, an absolute delight to work with and fun. And then we started to do Star Trek shows. Well, since I was doing the Star Wars shows, they gave the Star Trek shows to another guy who was about as interesting as watching Spackle dry. <laughs> Shatner went on the air with him, and Shatner ate his lunch. Oh, it was horrible. It was, Shatner was just awful, awful. So they yanked me into, this, into the Star Trek shows as well, and I had to actually chastise William Shatner. And, and <laughs> that worked. It worked very well because he obviously got really pissed at me. Um, <laughs> I told him, I said, I said, I said, Bill, we had, we were selling his book, Star Trek Memories, and it was a special leather bound edition. He had autographed a thousand copies. We we're selling them for 400 apiece. And all the money, all the money was going right to a, one of his favorite charities. And I thought, well, the, and, and QVC is very strict about stuff like that. I mean, QVC didn't make a dime on it either. They said, okay, we're just going to do. We're just going to give the money to charities, and to do whatever the charity is. And they, they research it and make sure it's legit and all that. It wasn't like the William Shatner needs a new swimming pool charity. I mean, it was like it was like for real. So I said, Bill, it's a great charity. It's a great book. I read it. And uh, I said, couple of ground rules. And he, his eyes started to open wide. It's a couple of ground rules. I said, the first time you disrespect this medium, its viewers, the products, or me, I will make a gesture to the producer who will cut your camera and mic come right to me. And I'll say, we'll be right back. And then security will come and escort you from the stage. And as I'm doing it, they're counting me down in my ear. And as I finish saying, escort you from the stage, we're live with William. (laughs) If looks could have killed, he'd have dropped me down right there. But the book sold out in a couple of minutes and the charity made a lot of money and he hates my guts. So I got that going for me. It's, it's a rite of passage to have Shatner hate your guts, I think. Exactly. Well, well obviously, the, the word spread at Paramount because when we had all the other uh, uh, actors from uh, uh, Star Trek, many of them mentioned that and a couple of them hugged me. <laughs> he said, Shatner hates you. We love you. I said, oh, good. good I like that. So. Anyway, but then we the, uh, the the Star Wars and Star Trek shows just just were chugging and, and just doing super well and bringing in one of the the lifeblood uh, of any televised shopping channel is the same as any retailer. New names. The more new people you can get shopping with you, the more people will say, "Hey, I really like this plastic phaser. I wonder what kind of cubic zirconia they have." You know. <laughs> You never know. You never know. So that's how it all all started, and it uh, it took me far. I mean, uh, the, the the whole Star Wars thing. 
policemen must have a big thing about Star Wars because twice in my life I was saved from getting a very serious traffic ticket because the officer recognized me from the Star Wars show. He still yelled at me, but I didn't get a ticket. Were you pulled over and where they were like, hey, I know you from the, the Star Wars QVC specials? The, well, kind of. Uh, well, one, 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 uh, both times I was pulled over. Once, the first time was in Miami. We were doing a, a, a project uh, for the rainforest because we, we wanted it cut down. No, no, I, we were doing a project for the, for the rainforest and, and a, a big thing for Earth Day and everything. And we were at Criteria, Criteria or Criterion Studios in Miami, big recording studio. And one of the people we were working with knew Steven Tyler. So it was, this is pretty cool. So they were doing an Aerosmith something at the studio or something solo with him. And, you know, he knew the guy. And we all go out to lunch. Well, the guy had a two-seater Mercedes. So, of course, I'm the geek. I'm sitting on the back deck. You know, there's, there's the, 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 the guy for the studio. There's Steven Tyler. There I am on the back deck. And a cop pulled. Obviously, that's patently illegal. Got, cop pulls us over. And he, he just tore me a new one he, he and he's i'm the one he you know i wasn't driving the damn car he pulled me I, he said come here you want me to have to tell my son that the guy we watch doing those star wars shows he said and we love them we have so much fun watching that the guy that he watches and really likes has his brain splattered all over here on the highway said, do you want me to have to tell him that? I said, no, no, no. <laughs> I love, too, that Steven Tyler's in the car. But that- Well, that's it. He's paying no attention. Well, that, that's what he made me get back in the car, and all three of us are squished into the, you know, into two seats. And he paid no attention to Tyler. And as we're driving down, Tyler turns to me and says, who the F are you? <laughs> so I was going, I, luckily, I had my briefcase. And as I'm an egotistical geek, I had some eight by tens and I signed one for his son. And uh, and I said, I said, if you're ever in the neighborhood, I'll give you. We, we used to do tours at the studio before we were afraid somebody was coming in with an Uzi. We would do uh, studio tours or what have you. And, and I said, I'll give you the special tour. Son of a gun, if he didn't show up and call me and I gave him a special tour. Hey, he, he, he let me go. And then the other time I was in the Catskills. Uh, I had just gotten my midlife crisis car, don't ask, uh, and I'm flying through. It's a Saturday afternoon, not a cloud in the sky. It might be 70 degrees, convertible. I got the top down. I'm screaming down these mountain roads at 90, 95 miles an hour because I'm a fool. And the guy pulls me over, and it's pretty much the same thing. You, you know, when he, when he I come out and I, I, I gave him my, my license and registration insurance, and uh, the same thing, you know, my son and I love watching you. And he said he would be so disappointed. He said, you know, we could impound your car. You were going so fast. I said, oh, OK. <laughs> so, no, he said, I'm going to radio ahead if you speed again. And I gave him, you know, I gave him an autograph picture. He never showed up for the tour. But uh, but but at least I, did, I didn't get a seven thousand dollar ticket or whatever it would have been for going that fast. The, the, yeah, like we were saying, the QVC Star Wars specials were—they were a big deal at the time. <laughs> so, what you're proving? They, well, they were. I mean, it was—it was—it was funny. I—I I went to a Renaissance fair one time because a, a woman I was dating 
wanted to go to the Renaissance Fair. God help me, she dressed like one of them. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so, so freaking uh, uh, well i got an eyes on shirt and khakis on and she's dressed like maid marion you know it's like kill me just, just end my life lord please and so so we're we're at the renaissance fair and we go to the thing where you we, where you throw the axes so i, I thought well, that'd be kind of cool i'll throw the axes and, and the guy who's taking the money says forsooth sire which thou know Whenith the next Star Wars special would be on the, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, it's, uh, I said, it's the fourth of, uh, fourth of next month, eight o'clock at night. Oh, thank, the, thank thee, sire. And I'm like, God, oh, I just die. <laughs> I'm throwing the axe at you. <laughs> well, so after, you know, having Mark Hamill and Anthony Daniels on there, were there any other Star Wars cast members that you wanted to get on the show or who wanted to be on the show that just didn't end up working out? We really wanted, obviously, we really wanted Carrie Fisher. And I think I think she wanted to do it, but we couldn't, you know, she, at the time she was really busy with the, doing the movies, Lifetime TV and stuff. And, uh, you know, writing, she was writing that book that uh, that she wrote. And it, it would just never never came to pass never came to pass and we tried they tried for a few other cast members too obviously i think james earl jones i think with him it was an image thing (laughs) especially because he knew i would say well come on just one time say steve i am your father (laughs) but we did i guess hamill hamill and daniels were the only two really big names we had uh uh, R2-D2 on. They had a, a an R2-D2 who came on. I had, it, you know how like it sounded like a good idea at the time? <laughs> it sounded like a good idea for me to be on with R2. But see, unlike Luke Skywalker, I don't speak R2. So I'd be on there, so R2 and it, bloop, bloop, bloop. I have no idea what this thing is saying. <laughs> but, but it was fun. I said something one time. I, I I I made some awful joke, and whoever was operating him by remote control backed them up and knocked me off my stool. So that was sort of fun. <laughs> That's amazing. I don't remember that episode at all, but that would have been incredible. So you so you had the products you were selling, and then would you, would you were you asking R two questions about them and other things? Well, I, I did until I realized that, that it all had to be. I had to be interpreting. I hadn't thought this through. <laughs> Oh, it's like so. R two, what do you think? Oh, so so you had sex last night? I don't know what he's saying. I have no idea. You know, but uh, we we had fun. We had fun. I think about halfway through, he became like a special guest. He would like occasionally wheel out and bring me a product, and that was kind of cool. That was cool. I like that. Well, I know. Like when when Gabe and I were watching him back in college, the the dynamic between you and Steve Sansweet was so good and i have you seen there there's a lot of the the qvc specials on youtube right now yes you guys had such a, a cool dynamic the two of you together it's like the, the, the mark hamill ones on there but i i always go back to the the ones with you and steve sansweet because you guys were just awesome together i mean anything you can remember with the t- two of you guys working together and just well, I thought we we in one show. Uh, well, before one show, I, I called Steve and I said, "You know what? 
get a, let's get a couple of Star Wars, like a couple of Stormtrooper costumes, and we'll do the whole show as Stormtroopers. <laughs> well, 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 Lucas was having none of that, so so that got that got canned. For, and Steve said it; he was right too. He said, he said, "You know, it's probably not a image-wise, not a good thing." To say, hey, while we're out oppressing and killing people, we like to sell stuff on TV. Uh, yeah, no, Steve and I just, we just meshed immediately. I mean, I had, I had such great respect for him and, and obviously still do, but such great respect for him. And, you know, I, I read that the first book he did about uh, star Wars collectibles and I, I love learning things. And I'd love that. That book is that first book. All of his books are great, but I, that first book is so chock full of information and good stuff and just uh, and I have a, 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 a an eidetic memory, so when I read something, I never forget it. So I would read the book and say, "Oh, wow, that's really cool." Yeah, it, it just it just was a, a mutual a mutual admiration society. He he just was was, and he was. Uh, some guests. There's an old golf joke uh, about hit the ball, drag Harry. It's about a, a woman, you know, older woman and her husband are playing golf. And the husband dies of a heart attack, like, you know, on the, on the, on the seventh tee, he dies right there. And so she comes back in after, after finishing the round and they said, Oh, it was so horrible. Your husband died. What was it like? She said, ah, oh. after the seventh hole, it was hit the ball, drag Harry, hit the ball, drag Harry. And, and a lot of guests were like, hit the ball, drag Harry. Hit the button. Not Steve. Steve was you. You could just say a couple of things, and Steve would just pick that ball up and run with it, and and smack it over the fence. Well, I know we talked to him about a year ago about the QVC specials, and I know he was saying the exact same things about working with you. And oh, that's that's nice to hear. That's nice to hear. It was it was it was a like I said, we were, there were there were good guests, and there were like okay guests, and there were some really bad guests. One of my favorite nights was the night they put me on with the, the head of a German porcelain company for all these cute little collectibles that right now are probably worth three cents a piece, but these cute little German collectibles, and they, they were nicely made and everything. He didn't speak a word of English. It was like being on with R2-D2, except, except they didn't get the, the cute little beep beep blip lips. <laughs> that was a bad time. And a few guests were feeling no pain, uh, obviously while they were on and that that was always interesting so with with all the star wars specials i mean i guess like most of qc that was all filmed live right oh all absolutely live absolutely live as live as they come i mean that one story the 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 first night mark hamill was there we had a guy on the air who was doing a, a cook show before an hour of cooking products and what have you and he inadvertently filled a deep fryer with oil. Now, if you look at a deep fryer, there's a little little notch on that, and the inside of the deep fryer says, "Fill, fill the, fill the level right to this to this point. Fill, don't fill it beyond this point." So he filled the whole thing, and it obviously exploded and caught fire. What? <laughs> and the entire backstage area was on fire. I'll say this about QVC: the the crew was on it immediately, immediately. They, they put the fire out. Sadly, a deep fryer is made out of toxic plastic and, and metal, and it created these nox, noxious fumes that filled the entire arena where all these 
older ladies were answering the phone. I mean, it was the smoke was so thick you could barely see. And they came to me and said, Steve, the studio is on fire. It's like, oh, crap. You know, it's the like first night with Mark Hamill. And I, and I, I said, I said, and they said, you're not in any danger. They put it out, but we have to evacuate the, the arena. And I said, OK, I'll uh, I, I, I said, I said, Mark, I, I, I said, I guess we're going to use an alternate studio that's across the hall. I said, they'll take you there. And he said, well, you need some help. And I said, sure. Mark came into the arena with all this smoke in the air. It was a little tough to breathe. And he was directing people out the door, a one door, and I was directing them out the other door. And I thought, you know, this is this guy's a mensch to, to do that. He's afraid, he doesn't know us from Adam. And he goes in and helps these older ladies to get the heck out of the uh, out of the studio while we're, we're evacuating. And then we go on and do this killer show, uh, despite everything that had gone on. So, so that, that's how live it was. It was like, you know, Steve, the studio is on fire. Oh dear Lord. You know. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I was going to ask you if there were any, uh, intense moments while the show is being filmed live, but I guess the studio being on fire is probably the, <laughs> you can't, it's going to be hard to top. That, that was, that was right. That was right up there. It was right, right up there. Don't, don't panic. Well, there's, <laughs> I'm trying to get any, anything else. I mean, there were there were there was a time I cut the top of my thumb almost off. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was doing. Yeah. A, I'm an idiot. I was I was doing a cook show. <laughs> you know, yeah. But it wasn't like, hey, this will look cool. Watch. I was using a mandolin slicer that didn't have a thumb guard installed, and my thumb fell down into the blade. And oh man, it just and I, and there's an artery there. Who knew that? And it was like like that episode of Saturday Night Live. I'm spurting blood on live television, looking at my thumb. And I, I, I grew up on a farm, and you know, I you, you you deal with stuff like this. You don't panic. And I went, I said, "Well, that's going to start hurting pretty soon." And I quick put pressure on it, and I actually had to finish the hour because we didn't have any emergency tapes that we did, we did after that incident. And uh, finished the hour. I lost about, a, they figure I lost about a pint of blood. I was getting a little woozy by the end of the hour. And they took me to the hospital. And this young resident looks at, looks at my thumb and says, he said, this is going to sound like the stupidest thing anybody ever said to you. And I went, okay, go for it. And he said, this is your lucky day. I said, yep. I said, you hit it. You're the winner. Stupidest thing I ever heard in my life. He said, no. We just got our new laser scalpel in, and I'm totally trained on it. He said, I can attach all the nerve endings. And then it's like four hours of laser surgery of him attaching all these nerves. It's, it's like that episode of Star Trek with uh, Spock's brain, where they're attaching all the ganglia and what have you. <laughs> but, but, but the thumb works great. It looks great. You can barely see the scar. And, and I, I still have, I'm a guitarist and a magician, and I can still use my thumb. And I, I and I'm still at the top of the food chain. So I, I again, I got that going for me. I remember when we talked to Steve Sansfield about a year ago. Him talking about something. There was a show. There was an episode he was on where there was a live audience. Maybe it was a Halloween episode. Yes. Yes. Is there anything you remember from that night? Because he seemed to remember that that was like a, a unique experience on the on the Star Wars specials. We we had when when QVC moved to its larger. Studio, they call it Studio Park headquarters. It's actually cool. It's the building where they used to make Commodore 64 computers. And for our first year there, occasionally you'd go into a little room and there'd be a couple of old guys say, Wait a minute, we almost got the circuit board in this. You know, I said, No, it's over. It's done. Force over. But so, so, uh, but no, they, we were in this Studio Park and we had a 150 seat theater. 
where a lot of our we have used to have a lot of musical acts that would appear on the show, and that would that was a hoot. I did as a musician, I did most of those shows. They were fantastic. They were just, I mean, we we had everybody and anybody that you could think of on the show uh, performing live, selling their their CDs. But the Halloween show, I do know that. And again, Steve and I talked about it, and I I we did not do it in costume again. Because the show's not about us. It's about the product. And with Halloween, it's about the audience. And, and you know, people are dressed like, uh, you know, Darth Vader. There are a lot of Darth Vaders. We had some Chewbacca's. It was kind of fun because a lot of people, we, we invited people, please come in costume. And, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, they, they could have been in the damn movie. I mean, they looked that good. And some of them looked ridiculous. Somebody said, you know who I am. And, you know, I didn't. <laughs> he said, I said, sure do. Boy, that's some <laughs> minute. Wow. That's a, that's a costume. All right. Yes, sir. Oh, boy, that's great. He said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to enter some co- costume contest I, this weekend. I said, oh, that'll be great. Good. Good. I said, you know, you might want to come up with like a name tag or a little thing you hold to tell them who you are. Because, you know, a lot of people aren't really into Star Wars like we all are. Who the hell is this guy? What is this? You know, so but he was having fun. What the hell? That was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. <laughs> That's the word I use a lot for that. Because if I don't, I just start to cry. <laughs> I can't believe I did all that. No, um, no, it really was. It was. I was there for 15 years, and it was just, just an, an, an amazing time. An amazing time. Incredible group of people. Most of the hosts were really good. A couple of them were douchebags, but you're going to have that wherever you go. Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, but I'm not naming names. But we, yeah, and the backstage, like I said, the backstage crew. I mean, these, the backstage crew, these are kids. These are kids, right? I would say kids, they're right out of college. And they were like right on the mark, man. Anything you needed, they put that fire out as, as quickly as they did, not letting the studio burn and, and, and me die. I was always grateful for that. Uh, but yeah, it, it just, a, it, it's a good company. I and mean, obviously it's gone through some changes and it's, it's a little different than it used to be, but I have to admit they've, they've come through COVID pretty well. They had all the guests on via Skype and it worked. They, they, and they're keeping them on Skype. They realize they don't need to drag these people into the studio building anymore. I know one, one of our favorite things with the, with the Star Wars specials was the, the products, that were sold. We, it was products you could never, ever find anywhere else. And I know sometimes when we go to celebrations and we see, we can see stuff that was like, that's from a QBC special. And that's the only place that was looking back on the incredibly unique products that were sold. What are some of the, the highlights for you? Did you ever pick anything up yourself? What's some of the craziest stuff that you remember? I, I got some of the books, I got some of the books, and because uh, uh, they, they were, of course, Sansweet's Sansweet's book. They they gave me Sansweet's book before the first show to you know I could you know bone up because it, it had been a few years since I saw the film or any of the film, any of the three. At that point, there were only three. Any of the three films. Let's see the books. I got I got books, and I, it was really cool because when I would buy one of Steve's books, I'd wait for the next time when they delivered it. Next time he came, I'd have him autograph it for me. I I always thought that was that because I, I collect autograph books because that seems like a really geeky thing to do. The uh, autograph pictures were great. 
were great. And we actually became, this is something I've, I've never written about, but this, we were a Jeopardy question. Oh, I know. I, that, that's, that's big stuff. That's big stuff. Back in, the, back in the 90s, we were a Jeopardy question. On one show, Mark Hamill, it was the cast photo from, I think it was black and white, but a cast photo of Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, let's see, Chewy, R2, and C-3PO. I mean, all, all you know, main characters, boom, in, in, in the shot, in front of the, uh, the building they blew up at the very end. They're standing in that little alcove. And everybody was... Everybody was sort of smiling. I think it was like, I don't know if they shot that scene at the end of the film or the beginning or what, but everybody seemed to be pretty happy, except for Carrie Fisher. She seemed dour, and she was scowling. And this is her publicity picture, and she's scowling. And I brought it up to Mark. I figured if he, he would know. I said, she's scowling. He said, oh, I think she just broke up with her boyfriend or something. I mean, we couldn't get her to smile at all that day. And I thought... He said, we all start, and I forget what he said. He said, they all started calling her Miss Grumpy Pants or something like that. And that's what became the Jeopardy question. It was like, this, you know, this actress uh, was known as Miss Grumpy Pants on the star, the making of, you know, you know, the, the, the making of the third Star Wars film. I thought that was that was kind of cool. That was kind of cool. So obviously, one of the, the Jeopardy folks was watching the show and said, "Oh, that would be a good question. Who who would be Miss Grumpy Pants?" Or it might not be Grumpy Pants. It was something similar to that. It just goes to show how many people were watching those Star Wars specials. They were everywhere. Absolutely, you you, you did know because I would back when they were they were going hot and heavy. I would either be recognized for them or for the Star Trek shows. And with the Star Trek shows, I used to take the uh, the stars, as many as I could. There was a fabulous Italian restaurant, sadly no longer there, uh, because it was built on a major highway. And I think the land for that restaurant was worth like $10 million. <laughs> well, the, you know, so, so, so let's see, am I going to run the restaurant, work 22 hours a day, or am I going to sell my restaurant for $22 million or $16 million, whatever? So it, it, it got sold. But... It was called Antonio's, and it was a killer restaurant. It was actually, it was actually attached to a motel, and you wouldn't think that would be a killer Italian restaurant, but it was. It was just a fabulous, fabulous food. So I would take the the Star Wars folks there. I never got a chance to take Mark or Anthony because they were when Mark got done with the show both times. He's on the red eye and back to California. I guess you know voiceover stuff with the Joker or whatever he was doing. Anthony Daniels back to England or whatever. So I never had a chance to take them to dinner, but I took a lot of the Star uh, Star Trek people to dinner. And the waitress was named Josephine, and everybody called her JoJo. And that's Pennsylvania. Cut us a break. Anyway, <laughs> um, she wore a Star Trek communicator pin when she was a waitress. And I thought that was the coolest thing. So I had to take, A, a the food was great, but B, the waitress is going to have a communicator pin on and you have no idea the reaction when I walked in with, you know, Jonathan Frakes or George Decay or, you know, she would just go out of her mind. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, it was just it was just a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I had a I had a real good relationship with the restaurant. They used to take me in and show me how to cook because I was doing cook shows. And initially, it was the blind leading the blind. I had no idea. They taught me 
how to, you know, not kill myself in the kitchen and, and to make things that look fairly appetizing. So I, I used to talk about the restaurant on the air and I would go in and they would always, you know, they would say, you know, I got a call. I got a call from somebody in Seattle that said they're coming to Philly and they want to know if we're the Antonios that Steve talks about uh, on, on TV. And I said, yeah, that's, that's cool. That's cool. So I never had to order. They just brought food to the table until we exploded. So what you were saying is you never picked up the film strip suspenders. I've the, the what? I'm sorry. Say it again. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm sure you of all the Star Wars products that you sold. It's hard to remember remember them all. But one of our favorites and the one we regret buying was, <laughs> I think was it was on the the Mark Hamill original one. I think were the the suspenders that were made out of the film strip. Oh yes, 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 <laughs> so, yes. They sold out. They, but believe it or not, I was tempted. I was, and we had a thing back then where I could, during a break, I could say, hey, have the, the ladies upstairs, uh, that, that's where the, the, the lead for the uh, telephone uh, reps were, uh, and I would say, hey, have them order me a so-and-so, and I was about to say, but it sold, it, they sold out pretty quick. Because I don't know, were those ever on again? Like, it almost seems like those are just on that one time. I, 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 don't, I don't think so, because, gee, what a surprise. I think they probably all came back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> What's this crap? Yeah. What the hell? Or they disintegrated as soon as they put them on. They, well, that's true. They 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 did they they faded and it didn't look like like Star Wars anymore. It looked like you know, uh, Debbie does Dallas or something, and it stripped down the side. Yeah. So uh, another question with the products: like, did did you know what they were ahead of time, or were there times you would just walk out, they'd turn the camera on, and you had no idea what you were selling? Oh no no no. They, we one thing about QVC, we would especially me. It comes with the geekdom. I would always have to know and, and do as much research as I could. Like, you know, I know more facts about the, uh, you know, the X-Wing fighter and the, uh, the, uh, uh, the TIE fighter, you know, the twin ion engine. I, I know more technical facts about them than, than I possibly should. And because of the memory, I don't ever forget them, you know, if I want to pull them up. But uh, I would always know as much as I could because, with, especially with Steve, Steve was such a wealth of knowledge and, and, and so much fun to listen to. And just, he just got the whole deal, the whole thing. And when he would stop, then I could, you know, I would stop and pick it up and say, well, you know, that's a twin ion engine. Do you know that has a displacement of, and then he would say, shut up. And we'd just go on. (laughs) (laughs) No, he never said shut up. I'm just, I'm just kidding. But I, I always had to know, I always had to know every once in a while, Every once in a while, not on the Star Wars or Star Trek shows, but every once in a while on one of the the, the regular shows, the, the sampler shows, where you'd have uh, you know toilet plungers or whatever the hell we were selling. I don't know. What it was I would find something that I hadn't looked at before, and that would always be very entertaining because I'd always look at the camera and say, "Let's look at this together," and in my mind, I'm going. What the hell? What is oh, oh, look! It does, it does so and so. It does the other thing. And then one time they get to be a little seasonal. One time we had uh, they called them unbreakable picnic glasses. How cool is that? You can take your glasses to a picnic, and if you drop them, they won't break. So I tested it, but I tested it on a carpeted floor, and they didn't break. 
Well, there's no carpet in the studio. It's rock-hard concrete. So I'm standing on the rock-hard concrete, and I said, unbreakable. I tossed it up in the air. It goes down. The camera follows it. It smashes into a million pieces. They they quick got off, and I said, no, 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 no. Put the camera back on that. I said, we we tell it straight here. I said, okay. So obviously the graphic is a misnomer. I said, now you have a you you can call your customer rep representative and have them void your sale. I said, but we're going to change the graphic to break resistant picnic <laughs> glasses and, and don't picnic on a concrete floor for God's sake. We had a we had a lot of really cool products and and I, you know, I guess they tested the glass on on carpet and it was fine, but as soon as it hit something hard, that baby's going to break into a zillion pieces. Well, I know your research was was very much appreciated by us and probably so many other people watching because, I mean, in 94, 95, just someone on TV just saying twin ion engines. I mean, I think <laughs> Gabe and I would just get excited at just that. Like, they're, they're, they're speaking our language here on TV. <laughs> Thank you. That's, it was, well, it, it was, I was a fan. I think that was the thing. That really made the show work. I was a fan. I mean, I could tell you when the first the first Star Wars movie came out, I was dating somebody who thought it was the stupidest thing she'd ever heard. <laughs> and she didn't want to go. But my mother, God, God rest her soul, is no longer with us. But my mother, who was alive then, said, you know, I'd like to see that. And she, I didn't tell her, oh, by the way, Mom, I don't have a date for Star Wars. No, I, 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 said, I, I was just talking to her. She said, you know, Stephen... Someday you ought to take me to see that Star Wars movie. I said, we can go. So, so I, we went, she, I guess she was in her 70s then, and, and, she, and she was fascinated, just, just blown away. And just, you know, even by, yeah, I, 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 went, I went to all, all, uh, uh, all three movies, and um, I had a date. I had a date for one of them. And uh, uh, for the third one, uh, it was she was back to mom. Well, you know, Star Wars. It, Star Wars is all about family. So you know. Well, yes, yes. It, it was. It was. Uh, I mean, so many, so many great memories. Like when we went to see the third Star Wars movie, I went to visit her. She was living in Phoenix at the time. It was like 105 degrees, and people say, "Oh, it's a dry heat." Yeah, so's my oven. You know, I'm not going to stand in there for any length of time either. So it's really, really hot. And the line went around the block. And I, I just, I, I said to her, I said, Mom, maybe we should go, you know, like uh, catch a matinee in the next, I was in Phoenix for a few days, catch a matinee in the next few days. She said, no, I'll be okay. I'll be okay. I said, well, let's see if there's still tickets. So I, I went up to the box office and there were, you know, back then you couldn't buy your tickets in advance. You know, there no no computer networks to speak of at, at that point in time. So I went to the, to the box office and I bought a ticket and there's my, my little, little mother standing next to me. And I said, okay. I said, we're off to the back of the line. And a really nice guy who was like maybe three people back from the thing said, I'll let you in. And he, he was a big guy. And he turned around. And he said, I don't think anybody minds, do they? You know? <laughs> we're like, no, don't hurt us. Um, and so, so we got to cut in line to see the third movie. So that, that's a really, that's a really cool memory. Really cool memory. That's great. That's what it's all about. You know? It, I mean, there, there were a lot of things in QVC I had absolutely no interest in. I knew it would, whatever it was, I knew it would be high quality, but you know, it's, it's a sterling silver and onyx ring. 
I don't care. Okay, let's look at this. And I used to get in trouble because when I had really what I thought were really boring products, I would just use the time to plug a show that was coming up that I really wanted to do. Few few times I I caught a in, in police talk I caught a rip. A couple of times I got suspended from on air activity for a few days for not sticking to the subject. Oh well. I th- we've said it a couple times in the episode already, but I think we just want to repeat again. There, we uh, we've dedicated several episodes to the QVC specials. I last year we did a commentary for an entire uh, QVC episode that we put out. It, it means so much to us, and I know when we've talked to other fans too, we we've met so many other fans that have so many special memories of watching these shows and. I know we just wanted to tell you just very much from all these people that watched these specials and have these memories, people that watched them with their parents, people that ordered, you know, like, like a Boba Fett hologram watch that they still remember wearing. I don't know. I think, I think, I think so many Star Wars fans just want to say thank you for everything that you did because whether you know it or not, like you have a very special place in so many Star Wars fans uh, history in their lives and fandom. Well, they, and I'm not just turning this around, they have a special place in, in my life and in my heart because, they, A, they kept me employed, and, and that's pretty important. Uh, but, but to know that you were talking to fellow fans, that you were talking to people that really, really, that, that were really, and some of them, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a super duper duper fan. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't give you a chapter and verse. But uh, no, I, 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 I so enjoyed I, and I just, I used to love the phone calls from from people that every once in a while it would be a parent and they would say, "Hey, could you talk to my son Joey?" And I said, "Of course." Put him on. I said, "Hey, Joey," you know. And you try to think of what what can I say to him that isn't going to make me sound like a complete idiot, you know? And it's like, "Who's your favorite?" No, don't don't go to who's your favorite. That's he gets that all the time. What's your favorite subject in school? None of them. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, try to try to say something to him, like say, and, and I would sometimes I would say, you know, Joey, here's a here's a scene that got me that I just I will never ever forget. I said it's when when Han Solo says, "Never tell me the odds," and and then usually if you tell him a scene like that, he'd go off and he'd share something that he thought was really cool because you weren't saying, "So what's your favorite scene, Joey?" Okay, I don't care. I have to fill the space. But, <laughs> yeah, and and I, I I wasn't filling space. I I wanted it was a it was a big sharing kind of thing with 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 the people that would call in and you could hear how excited they were. If they were getting, you know, and most of the stuff was pretty cool, a lot of the uh, autograph plaques and things. A lot of the stuff as I recall was provided by a company that used to do a lot of uh, sports collectibles called Scoreboard. Uh, in fact, I remember Scoreboard was run by a guy who was my old statistics professor in in college. And, and he, he, oh, God, did you ever take st- statistics? I can't even say the damn word. <laughs> I never, I never did. Gabe and I were both art yeah. school students. So we, yeah, we, we went to, our, we went to art school. Yeah. Very so. smart. Very smart. <laughs> Stay away from statistics. I can't, oh man, it's, it's, there have to be more calls to suicide hotlines over people studying statistics in college. But anyway, he was a good teacher, but obviously went on to find his fortune in, in the scoreboard company. So he would provide uh, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the autographed uh, photos and the, the limited edition pieces. I do wish I had picked up on that autographed 
uh, picture, the, the the cast the cast from uh, the third movie, the uh, with with Miss Grumpy Pants because uh, they had all obviously she wasn't too grumpy to sign it, but uh, but I wish I wish I had gotten that because I thought that would have been cool. I did buy one of the star uh, Star Trek shows. They had an entire the entire cast the main cast of Next Generation sign one of those photos and a beautiful color photo. And I got that, but a friend was visiting and his son was like the ultimate Star Trek freak. And he just, he couldn't stop looking at it. I gave it to him. I mean, what the hell? I'm old. I'm not going to worry. <laughs> probably, probably made his life at that moment. <laughs> it was cool. I, I charged him for it. No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> oh, 30 bucks, Joey. Oh, yeah. So it, it, I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember. And I, I used to put requests in for products because I, I thought it would. I don't think we ever. And I could be wrong. I don't think we ever had a blaster. We might have once. We might have had a a, a Star Wars blaster because uh, I thought that would have been. When I was in college, I got a phaser that made that like shined a light and made official phaser sounds. And this is in the '70s. That was pretty high tech for the '70s. And I, I, I love that thing. I, I used to shoot it all the time. And then I got one of those goofy ray guns that looks like brass knuckles from Space 1999. And I thought that was cool. So I, if there had been a blaster, I'd have made sure I, I'd have picked that up. At least I think I would have. So is there anything you want to let people know that you're up to now? Uh, your YouTube channel, your blog, like kind of what, what's going on with uh, Steve Bryant right now? Well, let's see. I'm, hey, I'm 70. Um just moved just moved from California to Nevada. I started years ago. Well, I, I'm a music major, so I've always written music. I mean, I wrote a lot of jingles and you know stuff that really saw the light of day. I've been writing song country songs, and they're starting to hit. It only took about nine years. I have more rejections than you could possibly imagine, but they started to hit, and there's uh, going to be some some major stars if if everything's going the way it's supposed to be going in the next few months there're going to be some country artists doing some of my some of my stuff i don't know if they're going to be singles or they'll be just album cuts but hey i'll take it <laughs> at 70 i'll take it so so that's going pretty well and i i i detail what's going on i have a blog uh dot com. Uh, there's 161 stories up there now, and uh, some of the Star Wars stories I've related are are up there. Uh, YouTube, I guess it's Steve Bryant. There's also a really great bass player out of Nashville named Steve Bryant. I'm not him, but there's there's like a I think there's like a hundred or so there's different songs and things up there. Uh, if you search Steve Bryant on uh, on uh, YouTube, or I think the the name is Steel String Slider from the fact that I play a lot of, a lot of slide guitar and, and the name wasn't taken yet. So I thought I'd, I'd go with that. Uh, cause the, the first 23 I wanted were gone. Yeah. So I'm, I'm doing that. I'm, 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 I'm technically retired, but not really. Cause I'm doing, I think the music is, is going to take over. I I'm glad I live in, uh, I live North of Las Vegas. Uh, one song that I've written, you know, everybody has that one defining moment. And I, I think, it's on my uh, it's on my YouTube channel. It's like the second or third song in. It's called "Just One." Uh, it's the best song I have ever written. Might be the best song I ever will write. I, I 
choose not to think that, but it, it could well be because it's 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 an anthem. It, it was written back last during last summer when it looked like everything was coming apart at the seams. I have a lot of hope for that song. I've got a, a Christmas song, definitely, called A Magic Christmas Eve. That's definitely coming out by a, a young country artist. That's going to be her big Christmas single this year. So I've got a lot of hope for that. So a lot of music. So that, that's what I'm up to. I mean, Steve Bryan blog and then uh, Steel String Slider on YouTube. And, it, and if you're really dedicated, there's a site called soundclick.com. And I've got about 150 songs up there. Something I did before... Actually, I shouldn't say, actually, after QVC, I started to do song parodies. So, yeah, there's a lot of, on soundclick.com, there's a bunch of songs. And I think there's some pretty, some pretty funny song parodies up there that I've, I've done over the years. Well, we'll have the links to the blog and the YouTube channel uh, all in the, in the show notes and on our webpage when people look at it. So for easy access for folks if they, if, if, when they want to go searching it out. Well, I, I, Gabe and Jason, I so appreciate that. And I so appreciate this. I mean, you didn't know it was happening, but while we were talking, since we're here on the on the high desert, a giant storm blew by. I mean, the trees were bending over and touching the ground as we were speaking, and, and now it's fine. Sky's clear. <laughs> it, was, it was a sign that this conversation was, was meant to happen. There you go. Absolutely. I, I so appreciate it. I, <clears throat> pardon me. I can't thank you enough. This was a, this was a hoot and a half, really. Well, and it, it, and again, we, we we can't thank you enough for for everything you did for us. I mean, we I don't think there would be a Blast Points podcast today if it wasn't for you and what you did with those specials. So. Well, you're you're very kind. You, I've 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 listened to to many of the podcasts, and you're both great interviewers. You you obviously and and your podcast works the same reason the QVC shows work. You're fans. You no no BS about. You're just fans, and you want to share it. And that's in, in the world of media. That's as good as it gets. It was a dream come true for us. We've been wanting to talk to the two Steves basically <laughs> since 1994. So you've you've made it. You've made our dreams come true. So yeah, seriously, thank you so much. Now now you have nothing to look forward to. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of, it's like what do we do now? <laughs> I know life is long. <laughs> Anyway, a a great time, guys. Thank you so much. Well, that was, yeah, that was amazing. I, I still, you know, I'm still in awe that, uh, that this happened and that Steve was, gracious enough to spend time talking to us about star Wars and QVC. And like we said earlier, yeah, this is really the building blocks of blast points started here all these years ago, watching these QVC specials. It's crazy. It's amazing. It was, it was so strange just when we recorded that conversation, just hearing him talk and my mind would wander like, who would have ever thought? <laughs> and how great was he? Seriously. I mean, folks out there, you just listen to it. Like, Steve Bryant, like, man, what a life that guy has led. Just crazy, amazing. We could start a whole side podcast of just talking to him about his Italian restaurant dinner conversations with the cast of Next Generation. <laughs> 
getting to talk to Stan Sweet about QVC, getting to talk to Steve Bryant. The two Steves are the two halves of our Blast Point heart locket hanging around our neck have been <laughs> have been brought together, recombined, and we're both wearing a little QVC heart locket around our necks now and have the biggest grins on our faces. So yeah. The the faces in the each side of the locket are holograms, like the Boba Fett hologram watch. <laughs> yeah. It's that green hologram situation thing. Oh. But yeah, thank you, Steve Bryant, so much again for talking to us, making our making our dreams come true. When little Anakin in the tone poem says dreams do come true, don't they? This is what he was talking about. <laughs> Blast points, the two Steves, QVC. As Krennic said, it's a miracle. <laughs> but dreams do come true, don't they? Monday, the saga continues with a two-hour anniversary special filled with collectibles and visits from Star Wars expert Steve Sansweet and award-winning fantasy artist Greg and Tim Hildebrand. It's all here during our Star Wars Collectibles Anniversary this Monday starting at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 Pacific on QVC. And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. reviews they help the show in mysterious ways when people look up star wars podcasts if you write us a little nice review over there on some sort of apple thing blast points will go up higher some more people might listen to us and they can be like i wanted to hear people talk about star wars what's this guy from qvc doing on there that's the magic that's how we get you but and we love really really love reading people's nice reviews of the show it really really brings warm feelings to our hearts and after that make sure you check out our website blastpointspodcast.com and this is potentially a good time to use the handy search feature on there because we do have you might want to go back to our earlier qvc episodes i think we've had three of them over the years and make sure you're following us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you're on Facebook, make sure you're in the Star Wars Super Chill group. 
If you want to support the show in a different way, we've got the Blast Points Army on Patreon, where just last weekend we had our review episode for part one of the Bad Batch season finale. And next weekend we will have our review episode for the final episode of season one over there on the Patreon. So it's the end of an era, the Bad Batch era. The Bad Batch season one era. (laughs) The season two era is yet to come. I can't even think about that yet. (laughs) (laughs) We're still getting over Steve Bryant, so we got all this other stuff coming. But that about wraps up number 277, a very special episode. Talking to Steve Bryant, QVC. What else is there? I don't know. Another episode next week, but... (laughs) I'm going to go lay down until then, so... (laughs) See you in a week. (laughs) See everybody. Thank you. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. I have to tell you, I am so impressed. I've done, obviously, thousands of interviews over the years, and I don't think I've met anyone that has the knowledge that you have about this project, and I'm very impressed by that. Well, that very, You've certainly done your homework way beyond the call of duty. Well, that means a lot to me. Well, Thank I you. had a lot of fun. This was, a, this was a blast. We are, again, really busy on the phone lines. If you're on the line, stay with us. And hopefully we can coax you back and do another one of these shows. Where I'd love it. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for watching and shopping with QVC. Tomorrow's special value, that great-looking English sweater, kicks off in about 90 seconds. May the force be with you.